how we doing? And welcome to Cantori and you. As uh, as always, great to be here with you. And thank you to Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth for providing our background music. They've got a new record dropping uh, next month, August. And certainly support Jake Nager. That's N-A-J-O-R. Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth. Wonderful. Funky. Fantastic. My dog's biting my finger right now. This is Bailey, who you've met before. She's been fantastic, although she's a puppy, you know, and puppies are hard. They, they chew on the ends of furniture, and they scratch doors, and they uh, this one here has a lot of fleas, and I sleep in bed with her. And she, uh, she is shedding fleas because I gave her one of those pills that, uh, that becomes the ultimate, fr- <laughs> the ultimate flea repellent. Like, like a flea will bite her and then it'll jump off of her because uh, whatever this pill does to her makes, uh, makes a flea not so happy. And said flea jumps off of her and lands in my bed. So the last couple of nights we've had a major flea infestation in our bed after I gave my dog here, Bailey, one of these, uh, one of these pills because we tried to do one of those advantage treatments when you do the thing in the back of the neck, it didn't work. So I'm like, all right, let's try the pill. And it worked. It made the fleas jump off of her, but where did they jump? Right into my bed. <laughs> my poor wife. Because for some reason, I, I, I don't really get bit by fleas. I feel them jump on me and it grosses me out. Uh, but my wife, on the other hand, they jump on her and they bite her. So she's been freaking out, and oh, she went to work the other morning, and I looked on her pillow, and there were like four fleas. <laughs> so gnarly. Oh, she's going to kill me after hearing this, but I bombed the room. I did one of those flea bombs, and the fleas are gone for the time being, but I know they're coming back, right, Bailey? They always come back. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, let me start. We have so many uh, that are part of the U Network that I'm so thankful for. And um, man, I, I can't say enough great things. Talk about a progressive, progressive bunch of people who are supporting this entire network and beyond. And not only a progressive bunch, you know, taking a taking a chance on a new platform and all, but also dear friends um, taking a chance on me. So uh, thank you to South Coast Surf Shops, the whole crew. We love you. Please go down and support South Coast. Summer is here, no question. And uh, if you need new summer gear, please go to South Coast. Uh, Jeff Bezos, he's rich enough. Well, what's the latest report? 150 billion, please. South Coast, a, uh, an institution here in San Diego. Locations, five between PB and OB, been around since 1974. Please support them. You might be gearing up for a trip to Mexico. You head on South Coast, you get all your beach gear, sunscreen, and uh, then you head on over to BajaBound.com to get your Mexican auto insurance before heading south of the border. We're taking our trip this fall. Can't friggin' wait. The passports are in, although the picture is horrific. Oh, I'm horrible looking. <laughs> Just, ah, oh, it's awful. My passport photo is really scary looking. On the other hand, I'm okay with my driver's license photo. I just got a new DL. But uh, BajaBound.com, one-stop shop when it comes to Mexican auto insurance. They'll hook you up. 
no matter what you're driving, what type of vehicle. A lot of pro surfers use uh, Baja Bound. Also, all the folks that take part in the uh, the races down there, the Baja 1000, right? They get all their vehicles and motorcycles and buggies and what have yous insured over at uh, Baja Bound. You do not want to travel south of the border without Mexican auto insurance. No way. It's been uh, been an interesting time, right? Have you noticed this? I don't know if this is uh, just me and my circles, but it seems like a lot of us are uh, pretty stressed lately. Anxiety levels seem to be pretty high. I've uh, I've had some real deep, deep conversations with some dear friends of mine over the last couple of weeks, and there seems to be a common thread of uh, people feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed by life. And uh, I just wanted to put it out there that if you're feeling that, uh, you're not alone. You're uh, listening to somebody that's feeling it, and... Uh, a lot of the homies also dealing with it, some better than others. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to figure out the best means. In fact, I'm trying to really make a big turn when it comes to my eating. That's uh, something I've discussed ad nauseum over the years. Just, you know, I always want to start these crazy diets or do stuff to get in better shape and clean eating and clean living and all that. And I always make excuses or never really uh, commit or discipline myself enough, and um, now's the time, I'll say that, I did one of those physicals, I'm, you know, a couple of years away from being 50, and I'm freaking pre-diabetic, you know, I'm like, what, the blood sugar levels are all fucked up, so I gotta take this stuff seriously, because it's a long journey, even though it's a short trip, it's still a long journey, so uh, if you are riddled with anxiety this time in your life, you're not alone, if you ever want to talk, reach out. You can email me, Cantori, C-A-N-T-O-R-E, at U-Y-E-W-Online.com, and we can work through it together. That's what uh, that's what me and the homies are doing in a lot of cases. And it all works out. You just got to breathe and uh, be kind to yourself, needless to say, and others. So a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons. I also want to thank Tori Holistics, who have been with us since day one, legal, licensed, adult use and recreational dispensary here in San Diego. You can find them in Sereno Valley, but uh, they really want me to push uh, their delivery service. So if you would like to have legal, licensed, tested products delivered to your doorstep in less than an hour, hook it up, toryholistics.com, and uh, be sure to mention you, Y-E-W, and uh, maybe they'll hook you up or at the very least... um, Acknowledge the fact that you're part of the network, and uh, especially when it comes to the aforementioned subject of anxiety, I know a lot of people who are seeking relief, not necessarily, oh, go out and, you know, get stoned, but uh, via via treatments through CBDs, as we've discussed at length here, which uh, is the non-psychoactive part of the plant, and uh, yeah, head on over to toryholistics.com, you know the deal. What's my dog eating right now? Oh, a water bottle. I'm cool. So my dog's eating a water bottle. I've got my uh, my daughter. She's at summer camp right now. Oh, I also want to mention this. This is cool. The um, uh, This is really cool. My daughter is now taking uh, guitar lessons. And I, I tell you, this is really cool because... She's not someone who uh, has really gravitated towards 
any uh, particular hobby or interest. She's always, yeah, never really played sports. She'll play sports, but she's not a sports person. She's not on a soccer team, didn't play softball or t-ball or anything like that. Team sports, never her bag. Individual sports, really never her bag. But uh, she was always more on the artistic side. Drawing, dancing, singing, that sort of thing, you know. And uh, for a while, she's been asking me about guitar lessons, and we, we finally hooked it up and set it up this summer with the help of uh, Jake Nager, of Jake Nager in the Moment of Truth. And my daughter started guitar lessons uh, a couple of weeks ago with a woman by the name of Heather Nation. She's a local artist, and I just wanted to throw her name out there because she's such a beautiful soul, and she's doing such a wonderful job with my daughter that my daughter's now asking to take lessons twice a week. It's her favorite thing. She loves her guitar lessons, and I see her confidence going through the roof when she's holding her guitar, and it's just as a parent a beautiful thing to see. Because my son, it's interesting, you know, he's the guy who plays baseball and friggin' rules, and he's at scooter camp right now. Even now, this Fortnite thing is a whole nother story. But um, we've had to really put a ban or limit his time on Fortnite, the game on his uh, friggin' PlayStation, because he started losing interest in stuff like baseball and scootering. But he's at scooter camp right now over at the scooter farm, which is hands down one of the best friggin' outlets here in San Diego. I'm telling you, it just reminds me of an old school, old school skate shop back in like the 70s. It's just, it's got the greatest vibe and mentality, and they're the nicest guys, super kickback. It probably takes me back to the 70s because it's right where, uh, it's right near the Claremont Skate Park and where Fast Times at Ridgemont High was conceived right there, Cameron Crow back in the day. And uh, it's just a real cool, classy shop. And you take a kid in there, and it's like Disneyland. So they're running a camp program all summer. So if you have a kid who's down with scooters and you're looking to send them to camp, head on over to thescooterfarm.com. My son's in the camp right now. He's having a blast. And uh, if they're not down with scooters, head on over, if you've got a baseball kid in the house, to uh, the Brickyard Cages, which uh, which are actually right down the hill from the scooter farm. And uh, another homie, Chris Leosi, runs that operation. And, uh, man, Brickyard Cages, the kids down there are so engaged with all the instructors. I heard uh, Travis Jankowski of the Padres. I hope I got his name right. You probably know I'm not a huge sports guy. <laughs> But uh, I dropped the name, hopefully right. If not, you're laughing in my face right now if you're a friggin' Padres fan. But, uh, yeah, Travis Jankowski, that's it. He uh, he went by and stopped by the Brickyard Cages to hang out with the kids, and it's just one of the most amazing programs. So if you want to send your kids to the batting cages where they have an awesome baseball program, uh, head over to the Brickyard and tell the crew there that you sent you as well. So uh, let's get into it. That's that's enough of that, right? We have uh, Wing of Wahoo's Fish Tacos on with us today. And uh, Wing and I have known each other through the years because uh, I was a huge Wahoo's uh, proponent back in the day. I mean, they started uh, in 1988, 30 years ago, 
And uh, when they first entered San Diego and started franchising, a dear friend of mine, Tal, who uh, worked and still works actually over at Sector 9 Skateboards, opened Wahoos in La Jolla and uh, Wahoos down near the sports arena, Point Loma. And uh, I used to do a lot of commercials and stuff for Wahoos during my time at 91X. So it was cool to kind of reconnect with Wing years later, tell him what we're doing here at U. In fact, uh, Wing's interested in hosting his own podcast, which would be friggin' awesome. Because when you hear from him, he has a lot of stories, great speaker, and just an all-around likable good dude. So without further ado, Wahoos! Wing, Lamb, so you went to Kelly's Surf Ranch? Oh, yeah. Great opportunity. Thanks to my buddy Donovan Frankenrider. <laughs> Donnie hooked it up. <laughs> yeah, Donnie was going to shoot this little video. And he said, hey, we're going to need some food. And I'm like, well, you know, I think we can do the food since he loves our tacos. So we had our other buddy, Jake, from Limerick Lane doing the wines. Okay. And then a couple of other guys got invites, like Cordell, since Cordell makes the boards for sure. you know, Donovan. And then Jeff Booth had just came back from Waco. So Jeff came up with his son and then a bunch of uh, basically Donovan's friends from Hawaii. No. Everybody showed up, family and friends day, and everybody got turns taking waves. And it was just an amazing, you know, 100 degree outside and about 85 degrees inside. In the pool? In the pool. It was awesome. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> at what point did you get to jump in after you were done serving yeah, the tacos? I, uh, yeah, so between lunch and dinner, I finally, you know, said, hey, go in and try to catch a couple of corners. And then just so happened that on, on that one set, a couple of guys were out, and we got a chance to actually take off on the big, you know, the, at the beginning of the wave. And it's just a rush, you know, because you're sitting there. It's like the perfect, you don't have anybody that you're paddling against. It's just you. And you get to drop in, and it's like, wow. Is it so glassy? It's almost yeah. intimidating? It is. It's so perfect because unlike a regular wave that gets smaller as you get closer to the beach, right. this wave is one size all the way through. <laughs> it's awesome. We've got uh, Chris Cote yeah, who yeah. does a show here on yeah. our network, and he got to surf it, yeah. and he just said it was one of the most surreal experiences of his life. It is. I mean, because it's perfect. You don't have to stall. You don't have to do a setup for a dissection because the wave just rolls through yeah. and it's just this constant so it's easy to take off then it gets into that barrel section then it slows down again and then it gets barrel and then right. slows down again so you have an opportunity to you know get barrel where it's really i call it shallow and then you get a chance to kind of cruise when it's a little bit more you know a little bit more water under you that's so amazing now i'm going to ask you the same thing yeah. i asked him which is did you achieve the same stoke that you get oh, in the ocean? Oh, yeah, totally stoked because just making that cool, clean bottom turn and right. just a couple of turns, you're like, wow, this is so easy. <laughs> and the water is just so nice that you're so free because you're not restricted with a wetsuit and all that. Is it salt water or is it no, fresh, fre it's fresh, fresh water, water? Fresh water, yeah. Wow, that's just amazing. <laughs> now, do you get, because it is fresh water, and yeah. I thought it was, uh, do you get the same kind of spiritual cleansing feeling from the experience that you would get in the ocean? Or is that maybe where you draw the line a little? I don't know. Because, again, you're so stoked to have these perfect waves. Literally be sitting right next to a guy getting just barreled, right? Just oh. pitted. And you're like, wow. Because you never get to see that because you normally get to get out of the way. Right. Right. But here, when you're in the channel right next to what I call it, the fence, there's a little deep water channel. So the wave never breaks there. 
So he can literally sit there and watch a guy just keep getting barreled and never have to worry that you're going to be in his way. That's so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and you grew up surfing, right? Oh, yeah. Growing up surfing, me and my brothers, you know, just having fun. And where did you guys grow up in Brazil, right? Yeah, or- which is really funny. Most people assume that we grew up surfing in Brazil. We lived about like what Arizona is to California and Brazil. That's funny. So we didn't really start surfing until we moved to America. Yeah, on the flip side, I grew up on the East Coast yeah. in New York, and people are like, oh, you were never near the ocean till you got to California. <laughs> I'm like, no, I grew up on the beach in exactly. the Rockaways. <laughs> That's right. I grew up boogie boarding, <laughs> yeah, surfing yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as my friends in California yeah, yeah, yeah. Just did. Just a little bit different water. <laughs> oh, awful. Would never want to go back, trust me. So when did your family move to California? Well, the entire family moved here in 1975. Okay, so, so what just, was the story before that with your dad? Well, basically, my dad opened Chinese restaurants all over the world, had a, a little cart, food cart in Hong Kong, ran about five restaurants in Japan, moved to Brazil, uh, opened one of the first Chinese restaurants in Brazil after World War II. Really? And yeah, we ran that for a good 15 years. Okay. And then my dad moved up here first in the late 60s, kind of got the ball rolling. And once the restaurant was established, the whole family moved here in 75. Okay. So how old were you at that time? I was basically just going to turn 14 years old. 14? Yeah, 14. So that's, you know, those are formative years and you're moving like crazy. (laughs) What was that like? It was crazy because here you go from being, I call it tropical weather, where literally the the temperature never drops below like 80 degrees. All of a sudden we get to California in January of 75, and at night it gets into the mid-50s, right? You're like, whoa. In the morning you can see your breath because you've I've never seen you know, weather right. that cold. I never saw snow as a kid. So you get to see all these things in California like, whoa. It, it was a cultural difference, plus the language, right? Well, English and Portuguese is like completely you. different. Yeah, how did you assimilate? Because for me, it was a huge thing coming from New York. I, yeah. I moved from New York to California yeah. at 14 as yeah. well. And I just was like, you know, I went from popping my collar to wearing, <laughs> you know, TNC shirts. You know, that, that, that transition was, yeah. you know, not that big of a deal. But yeah. you're dealing with a language barrier. It was tough. I mean, the first thing they did is, hey, because you're an Asian kid and we all look alike. So they try to put you with the other Asian kids. The problem mm. is English. I mean, English is different than all the other languages, even though we're all white. But Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, I mean, they're all completely different. And the fact that I didn't really speak any of those, I spoke Portuguese, was even weirder. Wow. Yeah. But it was, so it took a little while, but luckily for me, Spanish is just like Portuguese, which is my native language. So I got to hear something that I kind of like sounded familiar. And then little by little, I started hanging out with some of the Hispanic kids. And before I knew it, I was speaking Spanish. Interesting. So yeah. did you, you landed in Orange County, right? We first, we actually, my parents were already here at Newport Beach, but we went to New York to visit some friends. So we spent like a week in New York before we came out to California. Okay. And I really got to see snow for the first time. That's fascinating, man. <laughs> yeah. So did you deal, because, you know, Southern California, and now this is yeah. the 70s at oh, this yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. So did you, was it easy to, just as far as the culture and getting immersed into the beach lifestyle, was it welcoming to you or did you have resistance? It wasn't so much, it was, there wasn't so much localism yet, right? But basically you kind of knew what parts of the beach the seniors hung out, the juniors hung out. So there's like a pecking order, right? Right. So you basically, I hate to use the word, we hung out like on the kitty part of the beach, whatever, but, or the schools, every school hung out in different uh, streets. Yeah, that so, was kind of us yeah. too up in LA. We yeah. had Zuma 6 and exactly. that's where our school hung out. Exactly. So for our group of kids, uh, 46, 47th Street happened to be the street that we hung out at. Okay. So that's where I hang out. 
And did your dad open Chinese restaurants in that area? Actually, my parents opened a Chinese restaurant on Balboa Island. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's still open today, it's right? It's still open today, yeah. yeah. A couple of the people that used to work for us now run it, but it's been open since 1971. And what's the name of that? The Shanghai Pine Garden. Oh, my God. I've been Amazing there. Amazing Chinese food, yeah. You're right. And why is it so hard to find good Chinese food in San Diego? Do you have the answer to that? <laughs> well, I, I just think it's just a matter of like having the old traditional cooks, right? Because once they get older, the younger kids want to, I hate to use the word, cut corners. Yeah. They want to basically streamline the operation. Of course. So you don't have the creativity like you used to have with the old chefs, where literally everything is by a pinch and a pinch, right? There's no recipes. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You can't find good yeah, Chinese yeah. food in San Diego. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. my kids think pickup sticks is good Chinese I mean, that's food. Right. And I think, but those are, like I said, they're, they're the mainstream. Yep. Easy. I mean, it's, you know, it's good. It's not great. Right. right? But again, to have a chef cooking, you know, you got to find those guys. But I grew up eating Chinese oh, food yeah. in New York, New York and San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, the Chinatowns, yes. It's just next <laughs> level, man. Next yeah. level. Yes, good stuff. So obviously you grew up in the uh, in the restaurant yep. business. Yep. What, what about the, the surf culture? How did that pull you in? Well, what happened is, you know, we always aspire because all the cool kids were the surfers, the yep. skaters in high school. But when I went to college and came back, I realized that, hey, maybe there's something more to it because these kids that didn't go to college were working in the surf industry and making great money. So my brothers and I said, hey, what can we do? And we weren't good enough to be in the industry. I said, but everybody needs a place to hang out. Yeah. So we decided to say, hey, let's see if we can build a sort of one taco shack in Costa Mesa close to Billabong, Quicksilver, and all the big brands and see what happens. And that's how it all started. That's amazing. So you just recognized the market and said, yeah. hey, these guys are going to love fish tacos. This is our way into the industry. Yeah. And literally, so all the people we idolize, we ended up becoming friends with. So, you know, again, think about it as I, no matter where there's a surf event, I mean, the Switchfoot program, I mean, literally, great story. Switchfoot, the day they got signed to their first record label deal, they played here in our patio in San Clemente. Come on. We still got the pictures from those days. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh, it was like almost 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I remember those guys yeah. when they were like 18 years old. It's exactly. frightening. Yeah. So right now you're celebrating your yeah. 30th anniversary. Yeah. So you opened in 1988. And uh, what really attracted you to just this type of food, just as far as the experience is concerned. Well, the same thing that was happening to pickup sticks and all the other uh, concepts is we didn't want to have like a hundred items on the menu. We wanted to simplify, have maybe a dozen, because you can manage a dozen. You got to be a chef, chef to manage like a hundred. Right. You know, so we just wanted to simplify and say, hey, most people like chicken, beef, pork, steak, whatever, fish. They don't care about all the funky proteins. I mean, yes, tongue, tripe, all that yeah. is awesome, but not an everyday thing. It's more of a, a treat that is an everyday staple. So I said, let's just do the same thing. Let's simplify a menu and make it like really surf centric. And that's what we did. I mean, my brother and I got together. We took all the recipes from our friends. Say, hey, people really always like that teriyaki beef bowl that they get in Hawaii. Well, let's come up with our version. They like the fish tacos in Mexico. We'll come up with our version. So we basically borrow in everybody's recipes of what we thought people liked when they went on surf trips. My wife and I are so friggin' hooked to your tacos and have been for 25, 30 yeah, yeah, years yeah. now because there really is that yeah. special taste and experience yeah. that differentiates it from any other fish taco. How did you lock into that? Well, what happened was I, I realized in the 80s there was a whole uh, health movement beginning, like aerobics, I mean, all this crazy stuff, you know, personal training. Jazzercise. Like, jazzercise, right? <laughs> and I thought, you know what, people, you know, they, they, a lot of people talk about being healthy, but maybe there's a way to do it right 
So we, instead of deep frying our fish right out of the gate, we think, hey, let's see if we can grill it so that you can literally save 80% of the calories. Because most of the calories is in the batter. Right. Right? It's not in the fish. Fish is really lean. But once you deep fry it, there it goes, right? Yeah, fried chicken, over. fried onion rings, all that stuff. So if we can just clean that up, and then instead of using, again, a stewed, you know, chicken let's just grill it again so by grilling all the items steak all that will f make it a little leaner and even our pork instead of roasting in a traditional way which is deep frying it we're going to do it more of a pot roast which is using water mm. so again you're going to have the natural calories the natural fat in it we're just not going to add any more to it and you knew obviously that surfers and oh, yeah. those part of the beach lifestyle are trying to trim down and always look their best exactly so they can compete and also yeah. look good yeah you well, the deal is you got to be lean to get up on your feet you exactly know, really quick or oh, you're gonna go over i know that <laughs> boy do i know that so uh, how come you never went with uh with brown beans and you opted for black beans because that's something i always know i'm always like wow, why do they ever do refried beans because again most of the flavor in the refried beans comes from lard yeah right which is don't get me wrong it's awesome it tastes amazing right but again it's all the extra calories because the beans in itself is awesome source of protein but once you add the lard to it so you know, a little bit extra right so i thought maybe there's a way for us to season it properly and just boil it and basically, we, our beans are vegetarian. There's absolutely nothing. They're vegan as well. So people first were like, what is wrong with you people? But they forget that we grew up in Brazil. So we grew up eating black beans. But in Brazil, they literally use every piece of the pork to make it flavorful. Got it. I said, no, we can't do that. Because that changes It the just whole, changes right. the whole idea. Might as well do refried so, yeah. beans. So what we did, the one area that we cheated a little bit is, Trying to put oil, like olive oil, any kind of oil to make the rice taste a little bit better, mm. just didn't cut it. So that's the one area we said, you know what, if we're going to go, let's go with butter, which again, your body's, you know, likes, you know, natural oils anyway. So that's the only place where there's a little extra, but without it, the rice would be just boring. Yeah. But it's also such a different, again, it's a different experience yeah. when you go to Wahoo's. And it's so interesting because it is really synonymous with. You get out of the water, you're done with the surf, done with the skate, done yeah. with a day at the beach, and you automatically crave wahoos. It's like it's this Pavlovian <laughs> thing where it's amazing, though. Yeah. It really just goes hand in hand, yeah. and I know that was by design, obviously. Yes, it was, yeah. So looking around in the store, here's another question I've wanted to ask. Yeah. Where did the idea of slapping stickers all over our walls and windows <laughs> where I'm used to being a kid who would get yeah. yelled at for doing oh, yeah. that stuff. No, not at Wahoo's. So what happened was the original store had, I call it, a few decor, but it looked probably about 90% less than what this does, right? The original store. Part of it was the fact that I didn't have the money to go and decorate like crazy, right? So two months after we opened the original store, Billabong invited us to uh, do a trade show party for them, which again, really established our brand in the industry thanks to, to the guys at billabong right but more important they invite us to come to the trade show which at the time was action sports retail asr oh, man. you know the, the, the golden drill, years the golden years so we went to the last asr show in long beach and i got to walk around and i realized that remember when we used to go to surf shop as kids and like oh my god look at those big stickers they're like ten dollars or whatever yeah. right well at the trade show surf brands and skate brands promoted their companies by giving out stickers yeah so i was like a kid in a candy store i had never gotten a free sticker my whole life that's hilarious so i picked up like three or four hundred different stickers so i came back the next day you know after lunch i'm sitting around and my store is looking awfully empty 
and I started literally on one window pane, started putting stickers, and every day I put a few more, and people started asking me, I didn't even realize you can put stickers. It goes, of course. And then it just took a life of his own. It's hysterical. <laughs> and for years, I just love it. Even my kids get oh, off yeah. on it because I'll just give them a handful, a stack of used stickers. They're like, bang, 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 all yes, over yes. the walls. Yeah. It's genius. That's how it started. Now, where are you guys today? That's how it started. Yeah. But where, where are we today, 30 years later with Wild? We have stores in five different states. We have uh, two stores in Japan. And we're getting ready to open five more stores this year. Really? Yeah. Okay, so what states are you in? We're in California. We're in uh, Nevada. We're in Colorado. We are in uh, Philadelphia. And we're in Hawaii. And okay. then we're obviously in, in Japan. And how does Philly respond to Wahoo's fish tacos? You know, it's really funny is the Philly people, no matter where you are around the country, people long for that California experience. Yeah. Like the Disneyland, all the things that you can't get. I agree. So we just happen to be one of those brands that reminds people of Southern California. So a lot of people compare us to another famous hamburger chain, In-N-Out Burger. That's, those are the two things that when you come back home or you're visiting a friend, those are the must-go places when you come. Got it. So yeah. it's just part of the set, which makes perfect yeah. sense. If you surf, if you skate, if you snow, yeah, you do anything. I just wonder though, plugging that into Philadelphia, <laughs> the home of the cheesesteak. Oh, if they're like, oh, fish tacos, California, <laughs> a bunch of hippies. We have a great time. Plus, all the I call a joke about it, but some of the coolest students in any university across the country are those really hot blondes from Southern California or that cool California, you know, yeah, volleyball player yeah, or something, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, and, and they immediately said, dude, you got to go to this place. Yeah. So we've been blessed to have a few great ambassadors representing us all over the country. That's amazing. Now, what about in Japan? What, Japan what's the reaction like? Is hilarious because uh, we have two stores there. One is in a skate park and on a rooftop, and the other one is inside of a Volcom store. And again, the brand's... Japanese people love Southern California It's amazing, brands. isn't it? And we are just, you know, hand in hand. And what is it you think about uh, Japan and the connection to yeah. SoCal? Because I've heard that before. Like, I've got friends of mine who are shapers, yeah. like sure. uh, Skip Fry, sure. Josh Hall, oh, for yeah. example, down yeah. in San Diego. They do more business in Japan than they do in California. Well, what happened is we take it for granted. Like, we, like think about how often do we go to Disneyland? We take it for granted because oh, yeah. it's right here. It's more or of a Lego pain in land. the ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, the traffic, the lines. Where the same thing for them is we take for granted the surf brands because they're right here. Yeah. Where people in Japan appreciate those things because Skip Fry is not in Japan. Yeah. But when he comes, he'll make a bunch of boards, right? And pays for the whole thing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so amazing. they appreciate the finer, the craft that yeah. comes from brands that are built. Like Stussy in Japan is ginormous. Stussy. Ginormous. Yeah, that's a name I haven't yeah. heard yeah. here in the States, and oh, I yeah. can't think of how long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, okay, so we're talking about all the success, and yeah. you know, we obviously know your brand intimately mm -hmm. here. What about on the flip side? Where are the struggles? The struggles is the competition because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an open market, right? So they're, they, we're all friendly competitors, and instead of trying to bash each other, we say, hey, at least they're eating Mexican food. 
Right. So whether it's Rubio's or Chipotle, whatever, we're all friendly competitors. Yeah. So it's good for people to eat out. Uh, the thing that really now is like, uh, you know, wages, it's a struggle because, you know, we're trying to make it affordable for everybody. But if you pay more, you got to charge more. So that's always, a, you know, and then you got all this craziness with real estate. I mean, the beach locations are super expensive. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So again, you know, you, you, you try to tell the landlords, because even though housing prices are going through the roof, if you charge the same for commercial, it makes it for people end up going inland instead of coming to the beach to buy their food. In San Diego, it's the same. I mean, Southern California as a whole, I would say labor and real estate tend to be the two big nuts that the other parts of the country don't seem to have as much issues with. Yeah. You know, because wages, it is what it is, right? right? Minimum wage. But when you're paying 20, 30, 40% more in rental, I know, and it just adds up. Yeah. Now, when you open a place and have to close a place, yeah. how does that? How does that? That uh, would hurt me, man. That'd be like losing a kid, right? It, it does hurt because, again, and most of the time, it's mostly real estate related because the business can't sustain. But if you're paying too much rent, you just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks. I mean, we've had to close a few stores down over the years. We try to renegotiate, and people are landlords. It goes, oh, we got a, you know, ten guys waiting in the line. It goes, well, go for it. Yeah. And, and then what happens? Sits still, vacant. Uh, yeah. Sits yeah. Vacant. For three years, <laughs> I see that all the time yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. So it's you and your two brothers. Yeah. How does that work out? What What is the dynamic as far as the business is concerned? Well, my kid, little brother Mingo, is basically the back of the house. All the finance, accounting, all the stuff, the legal, you know, all that. All the stuff I hate. <laughs> well, but it's all the details, that right? You, you got to have. I, hate, I, I yeah. hate what's the most important. Yeah, the most important. Uh, my, bro- my little brother, Ed, does a lot of the real estate maintenance, make sure the stores are up and running, and he'll help me with the marketing as well. And then we have another non-brother partner, Steve, who does all the ops. Okay. So he's all in training, making sure that everybody's following the recipes, all the procedures, you know, make sure everything is being done. And then I end up doing a lot of the events and a lot of the PR and marketing for the company. Yeah, which has always been the case for you, right? Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Well, I can't tell you how great it has been to <laughs> just sit down with you, man, and get a, get a little backstory to the operation yeah. that I've loved for so long here in Southern oh, it's, California. It's a lot of fun. You really have been servicing so many of uh, so many in our community, yep. and no one hears the name Wahoos and ever has anything bad to say about <laughs> the experience, and that all comes back to you, yeah. right, and all your employees. Yeah, we got to deliver, you know, and, and basically, you know, walk the walk, right? And, you know, getting right back to where we started about the ranch, sitting there with Jeff Booth and his son realizing that we had Jeff you know as a partner 28 years ago now we have his kid in one of our ads Donovan who we you know been supporting him you know from the surfing days to the music days and still doing it and then having his kid there I mean so you're Hendrix, not seeing, yeah, oh, rips. yeah rips so these kids I mean and they're all like wow my dad is friends with the owner of this company so it's yeah. kind of a cool little deal, you know. And do you have kids yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a 30-year-old you, and I got a 3-year-old. <laughs> Shut up. A 30 and well, a 3-year-old. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's awesome. How does that happen? I, uh, I, I mean, I yeah. can figure it out. But amazing. I mean, I got an opportunity to do it all over again. So Greg is in New York. And Levi's at home. I just dropped him off at school this morning, preschool. Wow. So your older, your oldest, what industry is he in? Uh, he's in the, he does marketing, social media and all that for okay. a big a company back in New York. Wow. Doing amazing. It's a crazy doctor that is doing crazy stuff and doing, living the life, you know, in Manhattan. And uh, my three-year-old is chilling and just yeah. happy to go to the park. I get it, man. <laughs> I've got a nine-year-old and 11-year-old at home and it's all about the juggle and the yeah. struggle, my yep, friend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your time and sitting down with you. Awesome. Right?
Good stuff. Thank you to Wing of uh, Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Locations, well, you heard, throughout California, freaking Japan, and Philly. <laughs> That's too funny. Arizona, that's crazy. Good for him. And uh, love the brand and stoked to have them affiliated with the You Podcast Network. And uh, maybe we'll get Wing back on here with his own show. You never know, right? Thank you again to all our sponsors that we mentioned at the, uh, the front end of the show. And uh, also to the folks involved in the Patreon, which you can find patreon.com forward slash UYEW. You're the best. In fact, uh, because of you, this is a true story, right? So we've got the Patreon up there and uh, use that to help with our podcast fees. You know, for example, uh, Forrest, who's, uh, who I've mentioned before, he's, uh, he's a patron and he helps us out along with Mariposa Ice Cream. They give a couple of hundred a month, which is insane. And uh, because of you guys, all you patrons out there, and obviously with the help of the sponsors too, I was able to bring on a podcast manager. So uh, my friend Merrill, who worked at the Belly Up for years, and uh, yeah, we've worked together for probably about, I don't know, a good amount of time, dating back to my time at KPRI. I used to put her on the air with me there. She um, She's jumping on board and going to help launch new shows, manage the network, just make it more legit. So really stoked to bring Merrill into the mix and be sure to check out our other shows the Monday Mass with Chris Cote for you action sports enthusiasts for the beer heads the beer nerds if you will uh, we've got Let Me Drink About It for the potheads <laughs> we've got Caniculture and uh, what else do we have? We've got more coming down the pipe I'll tell you that much so check them all out if you have time otherwise be sure to check us out on facebook and instagram and support by grabbing a u hat a foamy that says kook or betty or barney whatever it all helps we've got the t-shirts up there as well so you online yewonline.com and until next time be well and much aloha <laughs>